Welcome to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. Let's get inspired. Welcome, friends, and thanks for joining in for episode 10 of the Crafting and Coffee podcast. I'm so excited that you're here, and today I have something really, really important that I want to chat with you about. It's a little different than our normal topics because it's not directly related to crafting, but our podcast title is Crafting and Coffee, and the idea behind that is not only that I absolutely love coffee and might be a little bit addicted to it, um, but that it should feel like you and I are sitting down to have a chat at our local coffee shop. And this is something that I would sit down and talk to a friend about. And so today, friend, I wanted to talk to you and to share this with you because it's just really been on my heart a lot lately. Um, What I want to talk about is a game that all of us play every single day, but it's not a fun game. In fact, the worst part of it is that no one ever wins. It's called the comparison game. And if we're not careful, I feel like it can consume us completely. See, we're always comparing ourselves to other people, sometimes consciously and sometimes without even realizing it. And I realized the other day that we start playing this as kids. Um, Both of my sons made the honor roll for the first quarter of sixth grade, and we are so incredibly proud of both of them. But my 11-year-old wasn't happy about his grades. He was sulking and he was pouting and he came out and called himself stupid. And he said, you think I'm stupid? And I said, sweetie, why? Why would you say something like that? We're so proud of you. But do you know why? It's because his brother, who was 10, skipped a grade and he had achieved the same thing. So all of a sudden to my 11-year-old, well, if my brother did it and he's 10 and I did it at 11, then I must be the dumb one and mom must not be as proud of me as she is of him. Never mind that our 11-year-old is our son who we adopted from China and he's only lived in America for a year and a month. He wasn't even thinking about the fact that he didn't grow up here. He's not used to our school system completely and He knew 50 words, maybe, in English when we met him about a year ago. Now he just got an A in English language arts, which we are so amazed by. I mean, he has a little bit of help. He has someone read things to him sometimes, but he is in an honors math class. He's in academic, regular classes for the rest of his subjects, and he is excelling. He wasn't thinking about any of that. He was so consumed by where he thought that he fell short compared to his younger brother that he completely missed the amazing things about himself and his own achievements. It hurts my mama heart, let me tell you, just to see him so down on himself and not focusing on the amazing truth about who he is and what he's doing and the incredible strides that he's made. But you know what? I realized I do the same thing, and so do you. So today we're going to talk about several areas in life where all of us just need to kick the comparison game in the pants. And those four areas are our appearance, our abilities, our families, and our stuff. So we're going to start by talking about our appearance because I think, especially for women, and I'm assuming that most of you who are listening along are women, um, if you're a guy and you're listening, hello, I am excited that you're here and we're going to talk to you too, for sure. Um, But 
especially as females, society puts such a huge emphasis on what we look like that whether or not we agree with that, we internalize it. And so we're constantly worried about are we attractive and how do we compare to the people around us? And I think that all of us have certain areas where we struggle with that more than others. So for example, for me, weight is a big deal. It always has been because I've struggled ever since I was in probably the third grade with my weight. I um, was the heavy kid. I was made fun of for being fat. It wasn't until my sophomore year of college when I started doing some exercise every day and I cut out fast food and I just started making some different choices with my eating and my portions um, that I actually started to look more like I look today. And, you know, it's an ongoing battle because even still, if I walk in a room, I'm kind of just doing a visual scan without even thinking about it. And I'm comparing my own weight and size to the people in the room. And if there's a woman in the room who is thinner than me, I automatically feel fat. Isn't that crazy? It doesn't matter what the size label on my pants says or, you know, what I know that I look like or whether or not, you know, when I left the house that morning, I was happy with my appearance all of a sudden, I'm afraid that I feel fat. And, you know, that's maybe not everybody's particular struggle. Some people are self-conscious about other things. Um, I just heard from a friend this morning who I think is one of the most gorgeous people I know. And she was talking about how when she was in school, um, she used to get teased for having really fair skin. And I mean, she's got the kind of skin that all of us put on all kinds of foundation to get. But, you know, people teased her for being so fair skin and for being so tall. And I mean, seriously, this girl looks like a model. And here she was feeling bad about herself and feeling self-conscious because in her mind, she was too tall. She was too fair. And, you know, isn't that sad? All of us, you know, there's something that we feel like we fall short in. We're too tall, too short, too big, too small. We compare how well-dressed we are. I mean, guys, have you ever like been in the situation where you unexpectedly had to run an errand or something and you're still in your sweats, your hair is just, you know, thrown up in some kind of clip and you have no makeup, nothing, and you look like, you know, the cat just dragged you out of bed because literally you did maybe just roll out of bed. And of course, that's when you see somebody that you know. And this person is all dressed up for the work day, full makeup, gorgeous outfit, and you're like, wow, I am such a slob, and I look ridiculous, and you feel terrible about yourself. And, you know, why is that? Why does that have to be? You're probably the most comfortable one, so you should be celebrating and saying, hey, look how comfy I am here in my sweats, and instead we're feeling bad about ourselves. And, you know, men do it too. We got some family photos taken a couple weekends ago, and we were getting ready to do it, and my husband comes running out of the bathroom holding um, a crest white strip, and he says, do you think this will work if I put it on now? And I just started laughing, and I'm like, sweetheart, because they were my white strips. I do um, whiten my teeth somewhat regularly, and, you know, he... 
um, didn't understand that you need to do that as a process for lots of days in a row and a half an hour at a time. And that's something that, you know, it takes time and effort and commitment to do. And he just wanted to put that on right ahead of time and, and have his teeth be bright and shiny white. And I said, why, why are we doing this right now? And he says, well, because in the pictures, your teeth are so white and mine are going to look really yellow and I'm going to look awful. And so, you know, here's my husband who I didn't think was playing those same appearance games because, I mean, he's a dude. He doesn't have to worry about it, right? But apparently not. Um, You know, and the bottom line is in our pictures, are people going to look at it and say, oh, look at Dan's yellow teeth? Of course they're not. Does it matter whose teeth are whiter? Of course it doesn't. I love my husband's smile. I'm not unhappy with it. And I would hope that he's not either. It's one of the things that attracted me to him was his smile. But, you know, comparing our looks to others is never going to be a winning game because you know what we do, right? We start with what we perceive as our own shortcoming, my weight, his teeth, whatever it is. And we're looking at other people's assets. We're looking at our, you know, things that we don't like and comparing it to the strong points that other people have. You know, there's no such thing as a perfect looking person. It doesn't exist, no matter how much Hollywood or the media or the magazines want us to think so. We are the way that we are. We're never going to look perfect because that's, there's no such thing. Each of us is beautiful and unique in our own way. And so we need to embrace the things that we do love about ourselves, you know, whether we love our eyes or our hair or whatever it might be. And remember, you know, even the people who are in the magazines labeled as world's most beautiful people or world's sexiest man, you know, if you were to talk to them, they have things that they want to hide too. They have their own struggles and their own things that they're comparing to other people. Isn't that crazy? We're looking at someone and saying, oh, they're so much thinner or so much more beautiful or whatever it might be. And they're turning around and doing the exact same thing. So we need to keep that in perspective. There's no perfect looking person. And there's no one who's perfectly happy about how they look. And I think that's just so sad. We are the way that God created us and the way that he wanted us to look and to be. And so we need to embrace that uniqueness about ourselves and just be content in our own skin. But it's not just our appearance where we do this. And so I want to also talk about our abilities. Um, Guys, I am just going to put it out there. I am terrible at sports. I don't care what sport it is, unless you count ballroom dancing as a sport. I am awful. Now, I do know that practice makes progress. I say that all the time about lettering, and I'm going to say it about this too. Practice would make progress, and if I dribbled a basketball every day, I would be a better dribbler on day five than I was on day one. But you know what? It doesn't really help when you're afraid of the ball. And, you know, even though I would progress, it doesn't matter how hard I work, I am never going to be the one who wins a race. It's just in my genes. I am not an athlete. My body is not built that way. I'm not fast. I'm not super strong. Could I work on it? Could I get better? Yes. Will I be the best? No. That's just something I cannot do. So keep that in mind, and we're going to switch gears for a minute. So this weekend was really exciting for me. I got to go on the local news and talk about my books, which was super cool. I was also in the newspaper. There was an article about my newest book, Express Yourself. 
Uh, recently, I had one of my projects featured on the Today Show website, and in a couple of weeks, I've got an article coming out in my college's magazine, the publication that they send out every now and then, and they're featuring me as like their alumni who did a cool thing. And you know what? All that is awesome, and I'm excited about it. It's been really fun. And from the outside, just someone looking in on those things, it would be really easy for somebody to compare and say, oh, you have all this going on. I wish I had what you have and could do what you can do. Meanwhile, just saying, you can. I know a great book to teach you about hand lettering. I highly recommend it. Author's a really cool chick. Um, But seriously, the people looking in don't see the other side. They don't see the me who is standing there as the last one getting picked on the sports team and feeling terrible about herself. They don't see the me that to this day sits on the side of the pool with my feet hanging in because I can't swim. They don't see that. It's the same thing as our appearance, what we just talked about. We're comparing our shortcomings with someone else's strengths. And you know what we need to do? This is really complicated. You ready? We need to stop it. I'm talking to myself just as much as I'm talking to you. But guys, stop it. You have things that you can do better than anybody else. I don't know what they are, but you do. Focus on those. If I sat around and all I did was focus on how bad I am at sports, instead of using my time to do the things I'm good at, to write and create, where would that get me? Guys, absolutely nowhere. When we see somebody who has a talent... Let's wholeheartedly celebrate that with them while remembering that we have our own gifts too and that they may not have those same things. You do have gifts, I promise you. You might be sitting there saying, but I'm not good at anything. Oh, friend, you are. You are. You just don't see it. God tells us that he gave gave gifts to each one of us. All of us can do something. Sometimes it seems like some people have double portions of those gifts, and we look at them and say, what can't they do? But guys, I promise there's something. Me, it's sports, definitely sports, and cooking. I am such a bad cook. I don't like to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't cook from scratch. I cook from boxes. Maybe you can make an awesome gourmet meal. If you cooked Thanksgiving dinner, you did something I can't do. There you go. And you know what? Some of you may have gifts that are undiscovered yet. Did you know that I only started lettering three years ago? I'm serious. Hand lettering wasn't even really a thing. Calligraphy was, but this whole modern resurgence of it didn't exist until about three and a half, four years ago, maybe. I started lettering three years ago, and I practiced and practiced and practiced, and I found my niche, and I found, you know, this is the thing that I can do really well, and I can teach it really well. Teaching is my other thing. But, you know, until three years ago, I had no idea. I didn't know I could letter. I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know what it was. So there may be other things that you're amazing at that you just don't even know yet. So stop comparing what other people are doing and find out what you are good at doing. Because I promise, promise, promise you, I pinky promise there's something. Another thing that we often find ourselves comparing is our families. Have you ever been out in public and you see a kid acting a certain way and you've thought to yourself, oh gosh, thank goodness my kids don't act like that? Or on the flip side, have you thought, man, I wish my kid were acting like that? I've done that. And you know what? 
not only do we compare ourselves with others, we can fall into the trap of comparing our spouses and our kids to other families around us. And guys, this is a really dangerous road, especially when we start comparing husbands and wives. There is a friend of mine who I love dearly. They're family friends. And, you know, I absolutely love our relationship with this couple, but I think that this friend puts my husband on a pedestal and kind of idealizes him as like, you know, the poster husband. And it's because she sees the good things that he does for me. She sees how he treats me. And, you know, it's all well and good to notice the good things that other people do. But here's where it turns not so good. I've heard her say to her husband, why can't you be more like Dan? And Ugh, it's that's an incredibly dangerous thing to start doing and idealizing somebody else's spouse because it causes resentment, it causes jealousy, and it puts unrealistic expectations on your own husband or wife. My friend would quickly learn if she spent the day at our house that my husband is not perfect. Sometimes, I'm going to air his dirty laundry here, literally, he leaves his dirty socks on the floor. Sometimes it takes my husband a week to put away the clean laundry that I have washed and dried and folded and put in a basket for him. And you know what? Last week, there were a couple things that were supposed to be on the grocery list that he forgot to buy at the store. And it really inconvenienced me and I was frustrated. And you know what? It's human. He's not a perfect person. He is a great guy. He is a wonderful husband and father, but he's not perfect. And you know what happens is when we compare our families to others, it's the same thing. We're comparing the highlight reel that we see versus the bloopers and the behind the scenes footage that happens in our own homes. It causes us to be unhappy with the people that we love the most and to place unrealistic expectations on them that they can't ever achieve. Just like we need to celebrate the great things about ourselves and we need to accept our own shortcomings, we need to extend that same grace to our spouses and to our kids. We have to remember that no matter how green the grass looks in somebody else's front yard, they have their own struggles and their own imperfections too. Things that you don't see because it's behind closed doors and it's when you're living with somebody 24-7, you see the good, the bad, and the ugly. What we see is not the total reality in someone else's family and their life. So please, friends, please be careful and gentle with your family and don't fall into that trap of comparing the whole person of your husband or your wife or your kids to the part of a person's life that you see in the distance. And the final thing that I want to talk about today is comparing our stuff. And this is so easy to do because our society is so materialistic. We have been conditioned to want all the things. And not only that, we want all the things right now. I mean, we're talking free two-day shipping or can it just show up on my front doorstep? So when our neighbor gets a new car, what happens? We start hating our own, right? And when our friend buys a beautiful new home, then our house that was great yesterday starts to feel cramped and small and dirty or, you know, we're just not happy with it anymore. Is comparing what we have with others will only ever make us discontent because you know what we do, right? It's the same thing that we've just been talking about. We don't compare down. We don't look at our house and then look at a tiny little shack 
and say, oh, look how great our house is. No, we're comparing up. We're looking at what people have that we don't have, right? And in the process, we forget how very blessed we are. In that longing for the new car, like our neighbors, we forget that there are folks who can't even afford a reliable one, right? We become consumed with having the newest and the best and having as much as our neighbors have. But you know what? We forget that all of it, all of it, the good, the not as good, it's just stuff. And you know what's true about stuff? It doesn't last forever. All of it will break or rust or fall apart or wear out. And we don't get to take it with us when this life is over. Stuff can get stolen. A couple weeks ago, I was talking on my Instagram story about how we had somebody break into our car. And I hated it. It was such a a violation. But what really got my goat, man, was they took 50 bucks that I had carelessly left in there. And I was so upset because that was my $50. And in the grand scheme of things, is it going to break or make, make or break our family? No, it's not. And, you know, I had to sit down and I had to pull out my Bible and read the part where it says to store up our treasures in heaven. Because in heaven, no thieves can steal it, no moth or rust can destroy it. But here, that happens all the time. Everything here breaks. Everything here is temporary. Because it's designed to be that way. So to spend our time and energy chasing that, instead of being grateful for what we have and focusing on experiences and memories and people and things that last, is foolish. But you know what, friends, we all fall into these traps every single day. Because we learn to do this comparison game as babies. Like, we do this without even realizing it. I mean, look how naturally my kids are doing it at 10 and 11 years old. I didn't teach them, or maybe I did. Maybe they learned it by watching me. But, you know, whatever it is that teaches us to do this, it's obvious that it's a lifelong battle. But the good news is we get to be in control of our minds. We can choose not to play the game. Now, we're still going to start to compare because, like I said, some of it isn't even conscious. We don't mean to do it. We just do. But when we catch ourselves, we can refocus our thoughts. We can focus on our strengths instead of our shortcomings. We can focus on our blessings instead of what we don't have. We can choose to be grateful instead of grumpy. And friends, I'm just asking you today, will you join me in trying to do this? It's a process. We're not going to stop today. But we can start to stop today. Can we stop playing this game once and for all, and especially now at the holidays? Can we just enjoy them? Can we not worry about what other people are doing or what they're getting or what they have or how big their tree is or how pretty it's decorated? Just stop. Focus on enjoying the family and friends that are around us and making memories and our traditions. Don't worry about what you look like. Who cares? And don't worry about how your gifts compare to anyone else's. Were they more expensive or better? They're all going to break. <laughs> I mean, really, some are going to break in a day. Um, some of them, you know, might last for years and years and be treasured gifts. And that's great. But still, in the long run, it's just a thing. So, friends, let's close the lid on this comparison game. Just put it in the box. Put the lid on it and put it on the shelf where it belongs. Because no one ever wins. Let's choose to take control of our minds. Let's choose to live differently. 
Thanks for listening to the Crafting and Coffee Podcast with Amy Latta Creations. For more inspiration, check out amylattacreations.com.